I'm Melissa. I'm Jam. And I'm a chemist. And I'm not. And welcome to Chemistry for Your Life. The podcast that helps you understand the chemistry of your everyday life. And if this is one of your first times listening to us, what we just said is very true. Melissa is an actual chemist. Yes. And she has her master's in chemistry. Yep. And she's getting her PhD. Yep. And she teaches chemistry right now. And I don't do any of those things. It's true. Jam's degree was in radio, television, and film. Yep. Which is (laughs) the reason for this crystal clear audio quality you're getting right now. Yes. On a shoestring budget. And, um, (laughs) and all my chemistry knowledge is from a class in high school, a class in college and this podcast. That's right. So every week we do a chemistry lesson where Melissa teaches it to me live. You are witnessing it happening. Yes. I do not know anything until we press record. And then I have to spit it back to Melissa and try to understand it. It's really pretty fun. Yeah. That's why we keep doing it. If it wasn't so fun, it might not have kept happening. We might have quit. But we're a hundred and some odd episodes in. Melissa, for some reason, likes teaching chemistry. Yeah, it's weird. Go (laughs) figure. Okay, Jim, are you ready to learn about your topic today? I'm very ready. So today's topic was submitted by Instagram user Brianna S. Okay. And she asked, what is in those magic erasers? Like the little Mr. Clean ones or whatever? Yes. And then there's like lots of brands that have the same thing now. Yes. Okay. Yes. I've used those. Also, friend in real life, Miriam asked about the trend on TikTok where they use magic erasers to whiten their teeth. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. So we're going to talk about what's in magic erasers and Mm -hmm. if it's safe to whiten your teeth with them and Uh all the other things you use them for, because guess what? They're amazing. Yeah, they actually are. I've, I remember thinking a little skeptically about their name when I first ever saw them like pop up on the commercials or whatever. Yep. But when we used them, it was like, Oh, these are very magic. Like, yes, I, I can see why it wasn't just marketing. It's kind of the simplest way to explain how they do what they do. Well, they're also going to be a little more magic after this conversation because they're used for a lot of other things besides just cleaning. Nice. Okay. I'm interested. Ready to get into it? Let's do it. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, a magic eraser is literally, it looks like a little sponge. Mm -hmm. It's white. It is foamy. Mm Mm-hmm. And you get it wet and then rub it on things and it seems to magically get rid of stains. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's texture is odd. It's like, it doesn't yes. really feel as spongy, even though it does soak up water. Yep. It feels way more dense of a foam. Yes. Especially once you get it wet. But yeah. So it doesn't actually use magic. Okay. What it uses is abrasion. Okay. And chemistry. Okay. But how does it use that? Right. Right. Well, I'll tell you. Okay. First of all, magic erasers are polymers. Nice. We've talked about polymers a lot before. They are, if you have a repeating unit over and over to make a really long molecule. So it could be AAA over and over. It could be ABAB over and over. This polymer is made up of three repeating units, ABC, ABC, ABC. Okay. The units are formaldehyde melanine and sodium bisulfite. Okay. And I will say, I think there's been some weird things circulating the internet that say these are really toxic and bad. And I think the reason is because that word formaldehyde is in the name. Right. 
and that scares people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it's in this polymer form, it should not be dangerous. Okay. It's bound up with the other molecules to make a new molecule. Got it, got it. So it can't penetrate your body and mess things up the way it could otherwise. Okay, okay. In fact, Procter & Gamble have put out a material safety data sheet, which goes over all the properties and all the information, and they've confirmed it should be non-toxic when it comes into contact with the skin. Got it, got it. You know, it's always good to wash your hands after, but it should not be a, a great risk to humans. Okay. Now, it may be a risk to the people producing this polymer if they're working with formaldehyde, mm-hmm. but not once it's made into the polymer form. Okay. Okay. So when the polymer forms, if you could zoom in way, 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 way to like the micrometer or the nanometer level, like very small. Okay. You would be able to see a sponge-like material with lots of fibers and holes in it that look like pores, basically. Okay, okay. So just like the sponges, the yellow ones that we see, Uh only you have to zoom way in to see that structure. Okay, got it. It's not as obvious. Like, obviously, sponges, you can see the holes and stuff like that. Right. But, okay, I see what you're saying. So that's still going on, but at a much smaller scale. Got it, got it. And that's why it looks sort of just like a chunk of foam. But if you could zoom in, you'd see those. Mm -hmm. So imagine all these fibers and pores. Mm -hmm. And the fibers are really strong. Right. I read that they were similar to the strength of glass, although I could not find a scientific paper that confirmed that. Okay. But they're really, really strong. And because of these tiny and strong fibers... It can do what's known as abrasive cleaning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it is literally scratching, making teeny tiny scratches in your stain, whatever's on your surface, to get that thing up. Got it. Okay. So that's how it sort of releases the dirt. Yeah. But it has another layer to it. Okay. So that abrasive part, that's just kind of like sandpaper almost yeah yeah yeah. you're like sanding off the top layer right but way more gentle which is what you want for like cleaning a baseboard or a door frame or whatever right to not (laughs) scrape off the paint not scrape off the paint yeah yeah but the other advantage that it has are these they're called melamine sponges that's the official science name for it Uh these sponges have the property of being hydrophilic which means they like water okay they absorb water you've seen that Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but also oleophilic okay oleo is sort of another word for fat or grease okay so they love both grease and water okay and those two things don't usually come together in one right right so when it's scraping up all of this dirt or grease or whatever is making your stain then it can suck up the dirt and grease and trap it in the sponge oh wow and that's why they get that ugly gray color Interesting. When you're using them, you know they can yeah. turn gray. Oh, seriously? Yeah, they. It's obvious when they're when they've been doing their job. <laughs> yeah, because they've they're bonding to that grease and water and Got holding it. on to it. Got it. I believe that the pores are what actually absorbs the water, and the actual molecules are what binds to the dirt. But I couldn't confirm this. There could be some other intermolecular forces between certain parts of the polymer and the grease or certain parts of the polymer and the water. Okay. 
but I couldn't find the mechanism of how it was binding these things, just that it is known to be loving fat, loving water. Yeah, yeah. And also when you're scrubbing, you know, you see the milky liquid that's sort of left behind. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That is actually what's known as a suspension. It's basically just water holding all these tiny polymer particles inside of it. Okay. So that's it. That's how a Mr. Clean Magic eraser works. It scrubs like sandpaper and then the sponge sucks up the leftover dirt and water. Wow. To get rid of your stain. Wow. Wow. Dang, dude. So I want you to tell that back to me. Okay. And then we'll talk about all the other uses, including on your teeth. Okay. Okay. Well, dang. Thinking of an analogy for this would be very hard. So I would... The first thing that comes to mind for me is it's basically like a chemical Swiss Army knife. Yes. That's Some, a good one. Somehow, either by accident, I'd love to hear the story about whoever figured out how to make this thing, by the way. Um if it's even interesting, but multiple things are in this one little substance that make it so useful for this purpose of cleaning our homes. Right. First would be the fact that it is a polymer. So it's strong. And in this state that allows it to be together. Right. Right. So that makes it be this army knife. Um, the, the things, the formaldehyde, the, melamine melamine it's a weird name and the sodium bisulfite nice (laughs) sodium bisulfite are together um and the structure it has of being that like really small microscopic sponginess yes to it with little holes and stuff for they, they can hold water and allows it to be that roughness against the layer of dirt and grime. Yep. And then it also is nice because it can hold that water. Yes. It loves water. Mm Mm-hmm. But by some amazing feat of chemistry, also loves fat and grease. Yep. And so when we scrub it against dirt and grease and grime and stuff, it also loves that. Right. And just like it soaks up water, sort of, it is able to kind of draw in yep. the fat and grease and dirt and grime. And, and hold on to it. And hold on to it. Yeah. So it's not just spreading it around across all over a yeah. wall or door frame or whatever. And yeah. And that's it. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. It seems simple, but it's amazing. The thing about them, though, is because they use the abrasive cleaning, you don't want to use it on something you're worried about getting scratched. Right. So really small scratches in paint isn't a big deal if you have that hard, glassy paint that's not just going to come up. Especially if the paint is a pretty solid layer of polymer. Of polymer. On its own. Little scratches aren't that big of a deal. Yeah. But if you're using it on, you know, some nice antique or something, you probably don't want to go with that kind of sponge that's going to make scratches in it. Right, right. So that's also just fair warning. Yeah. It does literally scratch things. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so now let's talk about using it on your teeth. Speaking of scratching things. Yeah. Okay. I looked this up Uh and I found one peer-reviewed journal article about the use of melamine sponges on teeth. Wow, that's surprising. It is surprising. I found one. 
was worried that it wouldn't there wouldn't be any data about it. <laughs> yes. Well, th- the difficult thing is I'm not used to searching medical journals, so it's possible that there's more. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the only one I found. Okay. And I literally use the search terms melanin sponge, teeth, you mm-hmm, know, so mm-hmm. that would be what they would refer to it as in a scientific journal. Mm-hmm. Not Mr. Clean Erasers on Teeth. That gives you a bunch of random articles from yeah. just like opinion pieces. Yeah. So... This one article did say they had an extracted human tooth. Uh-huh. They used a melamine sponge on it uh-huh. and it created less mechanical abrasions. So less scratches from rubbing something abrasive on it uh-huh. than brushing your teeth did. Okay. That's surprising. Surprising. Yeah. But here is the problem. Uh-huh. This was an extracted human tooth. It was not in a human's mouth. Right. They did it one time and that was it. Yeah. So I don't trust one article usually saying that something is good, especially if it involves abrasions to your teeth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So if it were me, I would not trust this one article. Yeah. But also... The fact that it was an extracted human tooth meant that there was no risk of ingesting the polymer. Right, right. And we don't know what ingesting this polymer would do to humans. I did not suggest it. Yeah, totally. And what we see when you use a Mr. Clean Eraser on a dirt patch on the wall is a suspension of polymer particles in water. Yeah. Which means that if you're using it on your teeth, you will likely also get a suspension of polymer particles in water. Right. And then you will ingest it. I'm not saying there will never be a safe way to use melamine sponges to clean your teeth. I'm saying I would not trust one peer-reviewed journal article on an extracted human tooth. Yeah. And take that and say, now I can use this in my real life teeth in my mouth right now. Right, right. I would worry that those small abrasions over time could cause a lot of damage to your teeth. Also, they used it one time. They didn't use repeated uses over the course of a lifetime. Yeah. So you just don't know how that could wear and tear on the enamel of your tooth. Right, right. If it's removing stains, it's possibly also removing other things. Right, right. So my suggestion is not to do that. I'm not a doctor. This is not medical advice. Just as a chemist, my preference would not be to do this. And also, it's nice that there are whitening things that are made specifically for teeth. Yes. That maybe have their own questions, but at least it's designed for human teeth. Yes. You know? So I would not use this method <clears throat> personally. Yeah. I hear that. That seems very, very smart. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a no brainer to me. But there are some other cool things that you can use melamine sponges for. Okay. Besides cleaning your teeth. Nice. One. This is my favorite one. Okay. Because they love oil, you can modify the sponge to not love water anymore. Whoa. And then it's only a light floating object that can absorb oil. Which means if you put it on an oil spill in water. It'll only dry up the oil. Yeah. Oh, cool. 
there's a lot of papers. They're adapting it for use in that. I think right now the methods of modifying the sponge to make it not love water are not the most environmentally friendly. Got it. But this is a big possibility. Totally. Especially if you're trying to choose between two not environmentally friendly things. An yes. oil spill, very not friendly yes. to the environment. Or making a sponge that soaks it up. Maybe you yeah. can choose the lesser of two evils. If and the so- ocean is on fire, for example. Right. So that's incredible. I love that. You can also use these for soundproofing. Oh, nice. Insulation. Mm-hmm. I think because the, they keep air in those tiny pockets, it must be hard maybe to get the heat or cold through. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. They have been modified to use to be used in electronics as electrodes, like we talked about in batteries. Wow. They're just a good, it's what we call a scaffold. So they're just a good blank canvas to yeah. put anything you want on. Yeah. And they're also currently being modified to be used for flame resistance. Nice. Wow. So melamine sponges are a really cool blank canvas that you can do all kinds of things to, but they also can make your wall a blank canvas again. Nice. I see what you did there. I just came up with that on the spot. Nice. Very proud. I like it very much. (laughs) So that's the magic of Mr. Clean. I mean, not brand name associated. Yeah. Of melamine. Of melamine sponges. Nice. Very interesting. I like it. I was very, I was very interested and very excited. Well, I guess I'm going to have to stop eating them as a snack <laughs> based on what you were telling us earlier. So I don't think Jan was ever eating them as a snack. Don't let his trickery fool you. Yeah, I was not. You're right. But what were you doing this week besides eating melamine sponge snacks? Well, this week, I'm glad you asked because this week I was using a new little contraption that my wife and I got because one of her friends back in Indiana, told us about it. And it is real, by the way. It's real. It really exists. But when I describe it to you, it might seem too good to be true. Okay. So it looks just like a microwave. Oh. It feels like a microwave. Okay, yeah. I've seen your new microwave. Yeah, and it sounds like a microwave. But what you might not know is that it is a microwave. It's a convection oven. That's not that crazy. Those have existed for a little while. Those exist, yeah. It's also a broiler. And the cherry on top is that it's also an air fryer. Dang. We had an air fryer for a bit. One of our roommates had one. Yeah. And we got a little spoiled by having it. And some things are just so perfect to make in an air fryer. It's not like, you know, air fryers are not that complicated, but they are perfect for like reheating fries. Yeah. They're really awesome for like roasting some vegetables real quick. Yep. Um, and getting them kind of crispy and stuff like that. Oh man. So one of Emma's friends that we were visiting in Indiana had this thing and told us about it. And so we got it and it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> I don't want to do too many like plugs for an unsponsored, you know, thing. So if you are really interested in this exact deal, you can message us and I'll tell you more about it. But it is just kind of nice to have, Something that only takes up the counter space yeah. of one machine, but does multiple things. Three machines. Yes. Kind of, yeah, three, four. Yeah, I guess so. Because most convection ovens broil. Yeah. But here's what I think is the coolest and the most trippy thing about it. Okay. Is it can do different combinations of those things if you'd like. It can air fry and microwave. Weird. Yeah. 
which it, it and it has like a book that kind of talks about situations where that'd be helpful. Yeah. Where it shortened the cook time of something where it's like, Hey, this will help the microwave will help the inside of this thing yeah. heat up more quickly because if it's just external heat on something, it takes it a little while. Yeah. But then also if you have the convection part on, it'll help it crisp up on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of like a mind blowing new like frontier of, yeah, of, of cooking, cooking stuff where it's like, whoa, what situations would that be helpful? And, and could it, yeah, just change lots of stuff. So anyway, that's, that's the cool new thing in my week. That's very <laughs> exciting. I had no idea where you're going to go with that. Yeah. I was really on the fence. I'm just trying to keep you on your toes a little bit. You did. You kept me on my toes. So what, what about you? What's been happening in your week? Well, funny you should ask. So we have, you know, about six people who we rotate through who review our podcast episodes. Right, right. And it just so happens that somehow magically in the span of one week, I will have gotten good quality time with four of the six of our reviewers. Wow. Good quality, small group or one-on-one time. Dang, dude, that's cool. Very cool. So with one group, we had dinner and games last night Uh with another person. It was me and her had a garage sale together and we got good time together. Nice. Another person this weekend will be celebrating Christmas in July, a longstanding tradition in our two families. Right, right. Cool. And then also one of the reviewers I'll be seeing for a birthday celebration this weekend. Nice. So good quality time with four of the six. Very cool. I mean, like super unfair and I'm like really mad about it, but (laughs) it's cool for you. It is really cool for me and really exciting. And some of the other ones have just been out of town or I just haven't gotten a chance to see them as much lately either. And so I think realizing how many of the people that I don't get to see very often that don't live in our town with us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How fun it's been to see them regularly and all in the span of about one week. Right, right. Dude, so, that's cool, man. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Very exciting. Thanks to our reviewers. They take time out of their very busy lives. Their moms, moms, dads, workers, people who have a lot of other things on their plates. Totally. And they take time out of their busy schedules to listen to a podcast episode and give critical feedback, which means so much to us. So yeah. Yeah. we really could not do the episodes without them. So thanks to you guys and yes. also thanks to all of you listeners because we couldn't do it without you either. Absolutely. And Melissa, thank you for teaching us about the magic behind the chemistry, I should say, behind the magic That's of right. the magic erasers. <laughs> and if you guys have any ideas of topics that seem chemistry related in your everyday life, please ask us. Do not hesitate. Send us a question or idea on Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Chem for Your Life. That's Kim, F-O-R, your life, to share those ideas that you have. And if you'd like to help us keep our show going and contribute to cover the costs of making it, go to ko-fi.com slash Kim for your life and donate the cost of a cup of coffee. But if you're not able to donate, you can still help us by subscribing on your favorite podcast app and rating and writing a review on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us to share chemistry with even more people. This episode of Chemistry for Your Life was created by Melissa Collini and Jam Robinson. References for this episode can be found in our show notes or on our website. Jam Robinson is our producer, and we'd like to give a special thanks to A. Hefner and A. Kiwasong who reviewed this episode.